0: Your book is different. That's the whole point, right?
1: It is. There's so many books out there on strategy and a lot of them cover, you know, the high-level strategies of big companies at the corporate level, like you say, but there's far fewer resources available for people that are doing strategy at a product line level, market level, Thousands of people in companies every day are responsible for putting together annual strategic plans and there's really not many resources that can kind of, you know, guide them along the way. Yeah. I mean,
0: you think about it, every level of business needs strategy planning and coaching, so to speak. So this makes sense. It's a void that needs to be filled. Yep. So uh, very specific uh, wording in the title. You, you say using passion and creativity to compose business strategies as opposed to develop. And you mentioned that in the book. What's the difference between composing and developing a business strategy?
1: One of the things that the book covers is this whole idea of creativity. Right. And it's really not just a word for the title. What I've done here is I've shown people how to develop a strategy using a creative process. And the creative process that I've used is the same one used for songwriting and music and so forth. So I wanted people to connect that creative process with something that's not just, again, words, and that's where composing comes from. So if you think about composing a strategy the same way you'd compose a song, then you could really allow that creativity to flow.
0: Right, and we should say you are an accomplished Musician, and you talk about that in the book how sort of composing music is is the same for you in terms of composing strategies. There's an overlap there.
1: You know, I am a musician and composer. It's been very much a hobby for me. I've always continued to do that as I've you know built my career and so forth. One of the things that I tried to do in the book is to say, you know, what process am I using to develop strategies in businesses? Well, in fact, it's the same exact process that I'm using for writing songs and writing music. I don't know that I made those correlations early in my career, but as my career went on and I had more success with strategy, people started saying, you know, what is the process you're using? And the light bulbs went on I said, oh, it's really the same exact process. Yeah. So that's how I made that correlation here.
0: Let's get into that process because you talk about this idea of building or rather composing a strategy. You say it's not an academic or a consultative endeavor rather, it's a creative one. So what's the difference between all three?
1: So the way I think about an academic or even a consultative endeavor, yeah. they kind of overlap in a way. A lot of times what you do in an academic world is you look at the way things have been done in the past and you attempt to put some, framework together so that people can maybe not completely imitate it but but at least fill in the blanks. Okay. Uh, when I think about a creative endeavor I think about coming up with something completely original and using what you were taught to springboard into something that's brand new. And, and that's really the difference. So rather than kind of give a step-by-step process here, which it is there, but the process I'm trying to step people through is a process of a new way to think about their ideas and a process to enable them to generate new ideas that haven't been thought of before.
0: So it's not a systemic exercise then?
1: It's not a systemic exercise. I mean, there is definitely a framework. And you know, I guess if you wanted to fill in the blank, You could, but really the the meat of the process is to enable you to think differently and then apply that thinking to something that hasn't been done.
0: Okay. So so let's get into it. For someone out there who says, I'm just not a creative person, Bob, can I not compose strategies? I mean, how do you tap into your own individual creativity?
1: Yeah. It's one of my pet peeves, in fact, because a lot of people tend to categorize themselves. They'll say, I'm either creative or I'm not creative. Right. It's one or the other. Yeah. And sometimes it has to do with kind of the field that you're in. So you talk to, you know, people that are in engineering or technical backgrounds or financial and they won't consider themselves creative. And then maybe people in the arts and music and others, they'll consider themselves creative. It's interesting though, because I do training for a living yeah. and I, I spend a lot of time with a lot of different companies. And in the beginning of every one of my courses, I'll ask, how many people here have ever had a great new idea? And almost 100% of the people raise their hands. So that's the foundation of creativity. And a lot of these people, if they were asked, are, are you creative? They probably would say no but yet you have all these great ideas. So really what we're trying to do in the book is to say, okay, take those great ideas and now the the second part of creativity is being able to express them. So how do you take that and express it to somebody else, and that's really what we're trying to cover here.
0: And acknowledge it, because like you said, people don't realize they have these ideas and they are creative, they just don't know that they're they're being creative. That, they're, they're not giving themselves enough credit.
1: They're not giving themselves enough credit, and really it's about taking those ideas and connecting them with somebody else, which anybody has the capability to do. Not everybody does it, especially if you categorize yourself as non-creative, then you're never gonna do it. Right. And so that's kind of, again, one of the things yeah. we're trying to address. It's sort of
0: psyching yourself out, so you're trying to psych us in.
1: Exactly, <laughs> so exactly
0: to do that, you talk about, you devote a lot of the book to this idea of proficiencies. There's four of them. And this idea of aria, which is really nice. It's a play on words. It's very clever because it relates to the musical theme. So tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. So aria is meant, so before we get into any steps of a process and so forth, what you really need to look at is what kind of skills do you have to have? What kind of skills do you need to develop? And I call them proficiencies because in some ways it kind of gives it that creative flair, but it's not just about having skills, it's about mastering skills, right. which is what proficiencies are. So kind of going back to what, what is aria, if you think about strategy for centuries, what are the questions that are asked? It's, where have we been? Where are we now? Where are we going? And how are we going to get there? And so what I've done is I've put together a proficiency that relates to each one of those questions. So the first proficiency is analysis, which really answers the question of where are we now? Right. The second is recollection, which is where have we been? Right. The third is intuition, which is where are we going? And then the fourth is probably the most important one to a creative process, which is artistry. And that's really how are we going to get there? in a way that's different than what's been done before. So before we get into the process, work on those skills, and then I kind of weave those skills throughout the process, throughout the whole book. C-suite Radio.
0: So, give us some tips. Sort of, what what are your your most important takeaways in terms of that process and getting to that creative point?
1: One of the biggest tips is give yourself some time to plan. Right? I talk about preparation as the first step after you work on the proficiencies. The first step in the creative process is about preparation. A lot of people think that creative ideas just kind of hit you in the head like a lightning bolt. They pop out of thin air. It's not the way it works. And I go back to writing music. Much of the music that I write, many of the songs that I write, they're based on how well I've learned to play my instrument. If I don't know how to play the piano, I don't know, I don't know any music theory, I don't have any foundational knowledge, those songs aren't gonna write themselves. And it's the same thing in business strategy. You have to have that preparation time to understand your customers, your competitors, your industry, understand what's been done before, and then take that knowledge and use it to come up with something different. So it's that kind of foundation that I think is one of the first steps. And I think a lot of people don't always associate that with the creative process, but it's definitely there.
0: Part of the R&D, the research and development, and I like that, sort of knowing, tapping into your own creativity is knowing what else is out there.
1: First, first, right, first, and right. then you can then you can use that to start thinking about unique ideas. So as you step through the rest of the process, then you're talking about how to like, take that information and use it to inspire a different thought process and then ultimately create something new.
0: Right. So what are you saying exactly, aside from the C-suite executive, what are you saying to lower level staffers? I mean, in terms of how to tap into that and how to create their own strategies, what, what is the message here to them?
1: The very first message is don't use fill in the blank templates, don't make it into an exercise that's... It's just so, I use the word academic, that might not even be the best word, but I mean, so many people, when they're putting together strategies, it's such an exercise for them, right? Right. We have to fill in these blanks, we have to use this data, we have to use, you know, crunch all these different numbers. And you kind of forget the objective in there, which is really just to think about something new and have some fun with it, you know? And that's really what I'm trying to inspire in people, that it's not about just crunching the numbers and filling in a template. It's about coming up with new ideas and making those your own. And when you could do that, it's just fantastic.
0: Having fun, right? Exactly. (laughs) Why shouldn't it be fun? Yeah, exactly. Um, Bob, you also talk a lot about inputs and outputs. What's the takeaway there?
1: Yeah, it kind of goes to the same uh, thought process of that foundation, that preparation piece. There's always going to be inputs into any strategy, so it's not like the thought's going to come out of thin air. So the inputs are about knowing what data you want to feed into the strategy, knowing what your foundational knowledge is, and then the outputs from that is what's coming you know, what's unique from that and what's what's gonna be new from that. So that's kinda of where we where we use that.
0: Gotcha. So for a strategy to be successful rather, what is the one key element you think that needs to be included?
1: The obvious answer based on the title of the book would be creativity, right? Okay. <laughs> But that's not the answer i now. Right, I'll that's give. what I
0: was expecting but Then I asked you earlier. I was
1: like, that's the answer, right? You're like, no. No, like, oh. <laughs> it's actually not. And I, I'd say the, the biggest thing is understanding your objective, right? What is a strategy? A strategy is really just a plan to meet an objective, understanding all the different variables that, are, that you're facing and then saying, okay, how am I going to meet that objective facing those different variables? Well, so understanding the objective is the first thing. In businesses, most of the time, the objective has something to do with revenue growth and profitability sure. and those types of things. But if you put a strategy together just to do that, I say that that's motivated, right? That's a motivated strategy because I'm motivated to grow, it's all about me. But when you think about your customers and you think about what your strategy will ultimately do for somebody else, I say that that's an inspired strategy. And and that's really the most important element of a strategy is understanding what your target market is, what you want that target market to feel, and then how are you going to express what you want them to feel through whatever you're going to create here through your strategy. So that's really the, the element that I think is actually missing, believe it or not, from a lot of company strategies is that focus on the market, that focus on their audience. It, it shouldn't be missing, right? but it is.
0: Well, <laughs> all that said, I mean, is that what inspired you to write the book, your own personal experience and going through that whole process of what you just described?
1: Definitely. Because, you know, again, I spent a lot of time in companies. In my corporate job, I went through this myself and I taught a lot of, you know, people that I worked with how to develop strategies. And now I do that for a living. And I'm amazed every time I go in and how many people are just so frustrated with the process. They don't see it as a fun process. It's it's awful for them, yeah. right? They have to recreate their strategy every year. They have to fill in all it's these blanks. It's like
0: a bad word, like strategy. Yeah, uh, yeah right?
1: and they're nervous about it. It's yeah. like just a terrible thing. And then when they put it together, then they just do it for the sake of the planning process and kind of put it into a filing cabinet and then go on their, their, their merry way. And then we repeat it again, you know, three months before the next annual strategic right. planning process. And it's just not the right way to to go about it. So what I've tried to do and what inspired me is to say, look, how do we get people to think about strategy differently and make it fun, make it their own? And if they do that, all of a sudden, companies are going to have better results.
0: Yeah. I think, I mean, the goal is, you know, you read, you go into the book saying strategy, ugh, but you come out going strategy, yes, like excited, looking forward to it because you realize there's all these creative elements that you can now apply after you read the book that kind of maybe, you know, you ignored before, just weren't aware of, you know, whatever reason it might be. Yeah. Um, something I like, uh, you dedicate a little bit of the book to uh, SWOT and sort of your take on it, S-W-O-T, and what you would change. So just remind everybody what SWOT is and, and how
1: you sort of make it your own. Sure. So SWOT stands for strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And it's a tool that's been around forever. Yeah. You know, businesses use it all the time. You go into any any corporate setting and right. people will know what a SWOT analysis is. I think, you know, I, I like a SWOT analysis, by the way. I think I do it's too. a very yeah. <laughs> useful tool. Yeah. But like any of these tools that have been around a while, sometimes you end up filling in the tool just for the sake of of using the tool, instead of thinking about what the tool is supposed to produce. So I'll see SWOT analysis up here in just about every strategic presentation that I've ever viewed, and many times it's just a static slide. Well we did the exercise, here's our strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, and then we move on to something that's completely unrelated to anything that we found out. What a SWOT analysis is supposed to be is a means to an end. You're using it as a tool to inspire your own creative thinking and your own critical thought so that you can come out with a strategy on the other side, and a lot of times people don't use it that way. What I do in the book, and I do this not only with SWOT, but with a lot of other tools, is saying, hey, let's not reinvent all the great strategic tools that are out there. Let's use them to inspire a different way of of thinking. And SWOT is one of those examples where don't just fill in the blanks, use it to get to your strategy. And I I have some techniques that show how to do that. All right.
0: I would ask you about them, but we're out of time. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, no problem. I also wanted to ask you about sort of your take on marketing mix, because it's an old concept, but but you have a very unique spin, which I really like, but we're not going to get to it, which is why you need to read the book. (laughs) Um, Great. So, thank you, Bob. This has been really insightful and terrific, and it really, it it opens your eyes to the idea of of strategy in terms of composing it, something creative. So we thank you for your time.
1: Great. Thank you. It's a pleasure. So
0: if you'd like to buy the book, uh, all you have to do is head to our website. It's c-sweetbookclub.com, c-sweetbookclub.com. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time right here on Bestseller TV. Like what you just heard? Visit c-sweetradio.com. c (laughs) suite Radio, turning the volume up on business.